Welcome back to the BuildWit Internal Podcast. Um, today we have two special guests. Dan is back and we also have Mr. Randy Blunt with us. They were both in the office today. Um, we we're supposed to be meeting with somebody that didn't work out, but we're going to be meeting later this afternoon. And since we were doing a podcast, I thought I'd kick Alex off and bring these two guys on instead. Sorry, Alex. Yeah. Uh, so we're happy to have you guys. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. We are, uh, we just launched officially Series A fundraising uh, last week on Friday. Friday night. Hot off the press. Hot off the press. And it's Monday, Monday morning. So we are in the very early, early stages of seeing how that unravels. There's a lot of interest in seeing the deck. I'll yes. Put it that way. Yeah. There, yeah. There's a lot of interest. In, and I actually, I, I forget, I had my first formal investor conversation over dinner the other night and it went, it went very well. So we'll see. Yeah. It's, it's funny because it was like a sprint really. So, yeah. So thanks to everybody who helped out because I think, what were we doing? Revisions Friday afternoon at six o'clock, which was seven o'clock here. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, I was working hard on my Friday night because <laughs> I, I, I have a lot of other stuff I could have been doing, but <laughs> I was, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> no, I was just, I was eating Chinese food by myself. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, so I, was in, I was in Savannah and, and you go, you go pick up your Chinese food. I ordered it, um, ordered it online and you, you get your food and then you open it up and they give you two sets of, of, uh, cutlery <laughs> and, and I open I'm like wow that's really nice of them to think that I would have <laughs> another person eating this with me <laughs> well, they're probably like this little guy I don't there's no way he could eat all this food he's, yeah, he yeah. needs to he needs to do a pair Pro of silver probably but there I was eating all my Chinese food uh, by myself and sending out presentation decks to everybody how was Savannah awesome I talked about it on the Dirt Talk podcast that we just recorded but it was so key for me to um <clears throat> to just get away for a little bit and think, because as a leader, like you guys know, there's just so much going on and you're, you go from doing, and you've kind of been back in the doing role with the MAZ project, mm -hmm. which I think you've enjoyed, but you go from doing to then just doing more thinking and leading and planning and selling the vision, things like that. Um, and to do that effectively, I think you need to create time to think and digest and, and, wrestle with different thoughts and just give yourself space to, to just let your mind wander. Um, so that's what this trip was for me. It was just letting my mind wander for a few days, which was just so nice. Yeah. I'm doing the same thing next week. Yeah. So we're taking clients at WW Clyde to Belize going fishing for a week. Really? I'm pretty sure a week of fishing. I, I told my wife, I'm like, I'm not sure I can do a whole week. So a think, whole week? Yeah. So we get there Saturday or no, we get there Monday morning, and we leave Saturday. Really? Yeah. So hopefully you see a picture of me with some, you know, really large bonefish or something. Yeah. Can you send some of that back home? Or do they, is that not really a thing? No. Can you do it, that internationally? It feels like, it feels like it would be hard to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, fish get COVID, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Every, everything is <laughs> COVID. Just eat a bunch of it while you're yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's pretty nice. Uh, yeah. So it'll be fun. Sweet. Um... So I guess that's what, yeah, that's what we got going is really just investment while Dan, me, me and Dan are going to be grinding over here, trying to raise money while yeah. Randy's fishing yeah. in Belize. Yeah. I mean, somebody's got to do it. <laughs> Can you, Randy, for, for, we've have a lot of new people into our business. 
Um, we've doubled the size of our company this year. I think a lot of people might still be unclear what the hell you do. The hell do you do a build with? Can you explain that? Well, um, it's a good question. It's a fair one because you don't see me as much. Yeah. So, um, you know, having built a business before, I think what we decided was my skill set was best used to help maybe with some of the more administrative side of growing a business. So I focus with uh, Aaron and the finance side of things. I work with Nikki on the people things. So in addition to like the actual cultural things, I'm doing a lot more of the administrative stuff, helping make sure we navigate, you know, 401k plan and compliance and uh, met with Jessica and the insurance team last week, make sure that we're being smart about our current policies and what they need to look like as we continue to grow. Mm-hmm. You know, the business started out quite small and as you grow risks change risk profiles change so working towards uh making sure we're covered in all those ways and then um you know i think i'm i'm in a position that's not always fun but i'm i'm kind of the guy who's supposed to be the sanity check sure. so you guys don't get to see it all but i challenge aaron a lot and uh and dan on hey you know well what about this and uh not fun necessarily because it feels like we're always, you know, kind of at odds, but it's it's an important part of how we challenge and make sure we make good decisions, right? Somebody needs to really challenge that. And we, 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 also, we also laugh a lot too and have fun. Yeah, yeah. It's not yeah, it's not like it's bad challenging. It's a super it's a super beneficial thing. I mean, someone I think it was um my friend's dad the other night who I had dinner with, he was like, So how are how the two partners that came on a business? I'm like, it couldn't couldn't be better because it's you guys have two skill sets that we didn't have and two completely different opinions and perspectives that we didn't have. So just as far as like diversity is thrown around because it's like a, it's a racial thing. It's not really a racial thing. It's an ideas, perspectives, thoughts thing, really. And, yeah. and it's in its best form. And I think it's just brought more diversity from a leadership perspective, which then I think boils down through the whole organization. And I'm reading Jim Collins right now. And the uh, the chapter I'm on as of today is the productive paranoia chapter. Yeah, which Randy uh, naturally has very, very, <laughs> very, very well. And yes, yeah, yeah. Randy's our voice of productive paranoia. Which is actually a really good concept. Yeah, I think yeah. people think paranoia and they think bad. That The idea here is that you're thinking about what could the marketplace be doing and you're making plans for that. Um, so that's what makes it productive. If, if you're just worried all the time, then it's not good recognizing, hey, the market is always changing. You know, the S&P 500, uh, something like over a 50-year span, it's like 25% of it remains over a 50-year span because the marketplace is always changing. Yeah. And so the companies that survive that are the ones who uh, look outwards to say what's going on and how do we adapt to it. Yeah. It gives me comfort too, just you being there and challenging. I mean, it's, I, I would worry if we weren't. Uh, even I think Jonathan has kind of challenged some now too. So it's I feel good that there's four different views on something, um, just because we we know we're not right on everything. So we have to be challenging and always looking at it. So the other thing that's helpful. kind of cool about the diversity that you bring up is, um, you know, uh, now we have a, a business owner from the contracting side of things, mm-hmm. and we have a business owner from the equipment side of things. You know, those two those two people make up the large portion of this industry that we're trying to change. And then we have software space experience yeah. in the industry. Yeah. And then we have you, the vision. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't, I, I don't, don't offer too much. I don't offer much more than that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just the big guy. And then we, we also have multiple generations too. And that's a whole other perspective. Like you're, you're in right. one generation, you and Jonathan in one generation, I'm in one generation and, and melding all of that together creates something pretty special too. What generation are you in? Um, I don't, I don't know. Just, I'm just, I look at myself. I'm just a kid. <laughs> I'm in my twenties, man. When does the millennial stop? I think it stops in 95, which is when I was born. Okay, so you're just right, right on the edge. Yeah. Yeah. And remind me the one below that. Gen X. Gen, Gen Z. Z. Gen Z. Z. I, funny enough, I think we're going to be in Harvard Business Review this month oh, in March cool. with the, the multi generational thing. Oh, yeah, that's right. We had uh, some, gave some examples on it. Yeah. Um, we gave some, what, have you seen it? We're in a whole book and we're like a whole chapter in a book, not just final chapter. Yeah. They don't just reference us like we're in a book and they, they sent us the book and I was looking through and I was like, no shit. We're actually in a book. It's pretty old too. Cause it, we had like six people. Yeah. Back yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is a and problem. Well, and they interviewed someone that's not, that yeah, doesn't work here, here anymore. anymore. <laughs> it's the problem with books is they're, they're yeah. always out of date, but it's pretty, anyway, pretty cool. cool. Yeah. But it's, it's good. We're not like, we're really, we're, we're very confident. We, we know we're onto something very exciting, but we're also not drinking too much of our Kool-Aid, which I think is very important. And something I try to be really mindful of is, Hey, we're, this isn't a given. We're, we're not guaranteed to be the ones that, that do this. We have an enormous financial obligation to not only investors, but I've looked first and foremost to our team. You know, we have, Aaron said, you know, there's over 70 people consistently on payroll today. That's 70 people, families. That's a lot of people depending on the decisions that, that are starting with us. So that's a big obligation. We're trying to make sure we're, we're taking very seriously. Well, and we, you know, we think big a lot. We have a lot of big ideas, but you were, your text last night was, hey, we should test this stuff before we go big on, you know, every little thing. Like, you know, it was a particular topic we we're talking about. It's like, let's test that small, see what, see if it works and then expand it once it, once it works. Yeah, exactly. I was just gonna say, that's why humility is so important. Yeah. Right. They, you know, they say humble confidence or, um, you know, complacency. I think complacency often is associated with being prideful or not being humble. So uh, obviously the opposite of being humble, I think, is complacent uh, because you just start to think, hey, I, I got this figured out. I can be on coast. And, uh, you know, I think, I can't remember, was it Jocko that said complacency kills or is that yeah. Rich Dabini? Well, yeah. Somebody, somebody well, that's well, killed well, people has said that. Yeah. Because they've, they've seen it firsthand. But that's, I've been watching my language and how I, I talk about the opportunity we're looking at. And it's, I've been saying a lot of, you know, if we can do this, and I think we can do this. And and not like we're going to do this. I believe we're going to do this. But I also, it's, it's I, I want to remind myself, it's not a given. Like we're not, we're not entitled to this position in the industry. We're not entitled to go creating this big company. It's we need to put in the work and we need to have the humility to get us there. And we just, we can't keep think we can't start thinking that we're, we haven't right. figured out because we don't have it figured out. Yeah, I think that's where sports often, you know, teach life lessons. I think every, whether it's football or basketball or whatever sport you like, you, you've watched a game and say the better team lost. Right. And that's because oftentimes they don't prepare, they don't show up. So I think, you know, maybe we are the better team when it comes to, changing this industry but if we don't show up if we don't prepare we don't plan somebody else might beat us That's exactly it okay i had a few questions for you um oh this is a great one i'm excited about this one so first one 
Who would you say is our biggest competition as a company? It sounds like we are leading the charge in our own way with making the dirt world a better place, but I'm curious if there are others in the market, especially now that we seem to be picking up momentum and influence. That's from Dallas Pruitt. I mean, I don't know how well I am uh, prepared to talk yeah. for that one. I think I've, I've seen a lot more who are trying to compete with us in the media front. I don't know that there's a, a, like a front runner, but there's definitely been an uptick since the success we've had of other people trying to become influencers and create media. Um, somebody really focused on changing the industry. I haven't seen necessarily that. Um, I think, you know, we talk about Tama Bravo a little bit. I think, you know, they're a, an investment firm who's bought up portions of other companies who are in this space. I think they're trying to do that as well in a, in a way that um, is a little bit different and they definitely have the resources. So I think we need to be aware of them, but we're trying to not necessarily be the competitor. Is that, is that what it would be the right way to say that? Like we're trying to figure out how do we create a business that provides so much value to everyone in the space that they want to be a part of it. Yeah. You know, I, I guess this is where experience comes in because I've worked for 30 years, but I've had a lot of jobs where you have a competitor that you go into a situation, competitive situation, and you have a 50-50 chance of winning it or maybe even lower. And, and you have three of those and it's, it's cutthroat and, you know, we don't have that. We, we go into somebody that says, Hey, do you want to, you know, on the marketing side, sure. There's a marketing agency out there. So there's, there's those competitors. There's nobody doing what we're doing in our space. So I, you know, go back to it. I've, we've said it a bunch of times, the biggest competitor that is going to kick our butts more often than not is status quo. It's just, Hey, this sounds like a really good idea. We'll call you back in a couple of years. It's not a priority right now. Like we're fine. We're doing well. Glad you guys are doing this. That's what wins 80% of the time in our discussions. And that's, that's why we, you know, we, we will raise this series a, but 98% of the companies will turn us down. You know, it's, that's, what's going to beat us down as status quo. Um, the competitors will come, the competitors will help with status quo. And so it's not, I've never, I've been at really successful companies with really big competitors. Aaron, you've said it before, don't focus on them. It's not the focus. It's, it's, we're going to figure out how to leverage those companies and, and teach them and help change this industry. So I, I think that's where we're going to go, but it's, um, it's not going to be a, a competitor is not going to come in and, and steal our lunch. It's, it's, they might come and start stealing, you know, some of the, you know, that's not what's going to kill us. What's going to kill us is if we can't get this, this industry off status quo. Yeah. I, I we talked about this as a leadership team the other day because we started to talk about, oh, we compete with with this or that. or And it's good to look at other products, but also I, I, it's 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 a finite mindset. It's a traditional business mindset where we're thinking where we're, there's a fixed there's a fixed market and we need to go get a percentage of that market and go get a big a, a percentage of that market as we possibly can. But but the, con, the, 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 the whole concept behind conscious capitalism and the infinite game by Simon Sinek you go create more. You go create a new market. We're creating a new market. We're building a market. So in theory, we don't compete with anybody and don't need to compete with anybody, especially that's the cool thing about the technology world is you can go create these enormous markets from scratch. That, that and, 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 by, and by default, you, you create the game, you make the rules, and then you can just monopolize the entire game. 
And that's what we're trying to do. So we're trying to build an entirely new market. And then we're also trying to approach it like we're everybody's best friend. Like, I think we're better off. The more agencies in the industry telling stories about the dirt world, the better off we are. Because what's our mission? To make the most money possible in the dirt world, to be the best marketing agency? No, it's to make the dirt world a better place. So if we have more people telling stories in the dirt world and getting the word out about the industry, and we see our own capacity, we're maxed out right now. We can't fulfill all the needs, but there's a lot more needs than, than what we can do. The more stories getting told, for example, the better off we are, the more we can make the dirt world a better place. So it's, I used to get all bent out of shape about people just basically directly copying our model that we somewhat created in this industry. But then I thought, no, that, that actually helps us out. Like, and you've, you've been good about pointing this out and not getting too, too wound up about it because it's the more people we have telling stories in this industry, the better off we are. So, and that's, what's exciting about this whole tech tech play is we're creating a whole new market. We're doing something entirely new. It's been done in other places. We're not doing something totally new period but it's new in this industry. So we're not, we don't have to compete with anybody. Yeah. And I think as, as we continue to mature as a business, we'll see more and more people doing what we have done or, you know, doing what we're doing. I think it's just important to stay humble, uh, recognize there's, there's going to be people who do storytelling really well. Some, somebody's going to come along and do it really well and embrace that. And don't focus on, um, at, at our company at Blunt right now, one of the things that happens a lot is people be like, a competitor comes along and like, they just point out like, oh, they suck at this or that or whatever. I'm like, hey, how about you just focus on what they're doing well? And how about you focus on what we can be better at? Because if, if, if all you're trying to do is fault find, it never leads to anything productive. It's it's just, it's like, um, it's like a behavior that we do culturally to make us feel better about ourselves. We try and find the faults with, whoever it is we compete with. Well, competition, it's its very, we're, we're wired to go compete and go crush other people. It's human nature, right. but it's counterproductive. That's why the, largely why the industry is, is in the problem it is because it's so competitive. And you've, you've talked so much about this. You, you're so competitive. You drive margins down, you drive margins down, you drive margins down. And now there's no profit to go invest in people. Well, we haven't been investing in people. So now we have a people problem. Imagine that. Whereas like Peter Thiel, I was reading zero to one, it's competition is actually a bad thing. Competition erodes profit. And if you're eroding profit, then you can't go effectively invest in your people. You can't go effectively innovate. You can't go effectively grow a business. So it's what happened to like Google and Microsoft was his example. They got into it. And then Apple came around and created the iPhone and clobbered the hell out of the both of them as a result, because they were so focused on each other that they didn't see Apple as a potential competitor. And then Apple came around the back door. Well, and then if you even just look at the evolution of Microsoft, whether you like them or not, they've changed their mindset to a much more, you know, open platform. Let's get along. Let's let's find ways to collaborate. You know, 20 years ago, you would have never thought Mac and Microsoft would have applications that run on each other's devices. And now, yeah. now they do. And they're both, you know, way better for it. That's a great question. Uh, second... After hearing the investor pitch deck in our meeting yesterday, what is the one, what is one of the future projects you are most excited to dig in quotes in, into when the time is right? Kids shows, books, video games, training center. Um, I think those were a few things mentioned in, in the deck. So what are you guys most excited about with this new round? I think, I think my, mine is, I mean, I love tech. I, I told you that early on. We, you, I, I said I'm kind of kind of 
coming over here to get into tech. Yeah, but that, I, gave, that gave me heartburn when you, oh my God, I don't want a tech company and here we are. Yeah. <laughs> I won. <laughs> no, I, I think it's actually- Blood point for Dan. <clears throat> It's, it's actually getting the consultants, adding on experts from around the country, kind of getting them into an area, finding people at the end of the, closer to the end of their career that have gained a ton of wisdom and we can give them a platform to teach and to help consult and then take that knowledge and get it onto a platform where we can get it out to everybody. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm, I'm most excited at the, about the potential for that and, and just, you know, you know, we, we talked to Mike Borster and that didn't work out, but th- those people are out there that have just a world of knowledge. They don't have the platform. They want to do more than yeah. what they're doing at their current company. And we're going to give them a platform to come in. We'll support them and, and then take that knowledge out to the industry. Or they're just retired and wanting to do something for 15 hours a week. Yeah. Like a guy, uh, a Caterpillar shovel expert messaged me the other day and sent me their hundred page best practices shovel program that he put together at Caterpillar, rope shovel. And it's fascinating. And so this guy is a world expert on production loading with rope shovels, you know, some of the biggest earth moving machines in the world. And he's just some retired dude that still loves talking about this stuff. Doesn't work at Caterpillar anymore. It's like, damn, we could do some crazy stuff with people like that. That would be the second thing that I would say. And then you guys can go is user-generated content is is unleashing the power that's out there with uh, people that want to have a voice, they want to teach, they're good at it, um, but at a, at a smaller level. So seeing our technology do that and then get that out to everybody, it's going to be fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that also probably adds a ton of velocity because now we have potentially 10, 20, 30, 40 X the capability of producing content by having user content. Yeah. So, um, so one of the things that I, I'm excited about, and I'm not even sure if it's really on the the plan of what we're going to be doing. Huge (laughs) ROI. No, (laughs) huge ROI. Uh, I'm super excited about career pathing. So one of the things that we've toyed around with on the training side of things is, you know, how do we take training to the next level? And a lot of that is by creating career paths within it and helping People who come into the industry see, hey, I, I came out of high school and I started here, and, but I want to be there. How do I get there? Mm-hmm. And be able to see that. Uh, tons of studies are saying that's one of the things that's most important to people right now who are entering the workforce. And that is something that the construction industry is not good at. The yep. world really needs to improve on. Um, so, you know, giving somebody the skills to know how to do that first job they have, but then also help them see that there is a career in construction is exciting to me. Uh, it's exciting to me because, you know, I hope that if my daughter or my son, my daughters or son want to enter this industry, that they feel like they they have a future mm-hmm. and, and that they can go do something they love and take care of their family. I think that's what's frustrating for me is I watch people who love construction but don't enter it because they don't see it as a career opportunity, one that provides for their family. And I think that's not the truth, but I also want to be really honest with myself and say, you know, you can definitely have a career here, but it's not an easy path because it's not defined. Mm -hmm. So. That's probably one of the things I'm most excited about. Well, that's what you can't blame kids to go to, for going to college because it's a hell of a lot easier. It's more defined. You can go get your debt. You figure out what classes you want to study. You, you, you get assigned a place to live. Like 
everything is thought through. There's a process there and it just doesn't exist in the dirt world for now. Um, I am, am most excited to just keep growing our team, to keep hiring. I love hiring because I love seeing all these new human beings coming into our business and doing things. It's just amazing. The amount of human capital we just acquired. And that's how I look at it. This is a massive investment in human capital. We just created over the past two months and we're going to continue to perpetuate in the form of salary, which is the majority of our investing right now. I am excited to see that investment start to pay off. And I'm excited to bring more human beings in and see what they can do. Because all of this starts with, with our team and, and just what we've done in the past two months is absolutely mind boggling. And to think that we are going to go get the money to continue to do that and continue to grow people and see where they go within our business and the ideas they come up with. And we have this grand vision right now laid out on this nice document. It sounds nice, but it could look completely different in two years. As a result of the people we bring in, the ideas they come up with, the, the things they're capable of. So I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm so excited for everything. I'm so excited for the building, as you guys know, training facility, you know, seeing a social platform coming together, getting training out into the world. It's just like, we're getting to the point where all right, I'm sick of talking about it. I'm sick of, I just, I just want it to be out in the world um, and, and seeing services come together immediately. It's all cool, but I'm excited to see our current people continue to grow and develop. And I'm excited to see the human beings we go bring on as a result of this as well. When I met with Nikki um, after kind of, you know, deciding that that would be one of the responsibilities that reported to me, um, I told her, uh, it's interesting. One of the things that has been really cool for me is I probably had that competitive mindset early in my career, even as a leader, right? Like I need to be the best and, you know, I'm always, was always working to work harder than everyone around me be smarter, be better, all that, right? And and then over the last few years of my career, I just realized um, it's that's not the right mindset. And it became a lot more about well, how do I make everyone around me be better than me? Mm-hmm. And obviously financially, I'm in a different position because I sold a business. But like, you know, I'm excited for people to surpass me, right? Like I told Nikki, if if you took my job in three years because you're better at it than me, yeah, I'm stoked. Yeah, and like I I really that's how I feel, and I feel that way towards everyone in the business, right? I I don't know everybody, but the ones I I do know, I'm so excited to see them grow and progress and become them their best selves, which is different for everybody. Like, you know, maybe somebody's best self is just being really good videographer, and that's still really cool because the stories they can tell is amazing. Yeah. I was thinking about that. I was walking down the street the other day. I was thinking, you know, shoot, if this if this comes to comes to be, I'm I'm probably not the best equipped person to run the organization. I mean, to be chief executive officer of a tech company, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. So I mean, I could very well not be the best person for that job. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to to be worthy of that position now because that's what I have now. But I could be a few years out, few years down the road very well be quote unquote out of a job because it's like, I'm just not the best person for this. <laughs> there's, there's somebody far better than me That's for this, for this position. Scary. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's not scary because we have equity so, <laughs> and voting rights. <laughs> no, but it, but it's, but, but, but it's a scary thought that you, you create something that you love and you care about and 
at some point, your skill set may not be the best to run it anymore. I think that's the point. And I, I, like I've looked at parenting and I've talked to my dad a lot about this. I think the goal is to go raise kids that go whoop your ass and just go absolutely clobber you. Because in theory, you're leaving your kids where, where you are. And so in theory, you're, you're, they're able to just go lap you like right away if you've done it right. And that's, that's the goal, I think, of a business too. I want people to just absolutely clobber us, go lap us. 10 times over because then we're doing something right. But I think that's where that finite mindset hurts you because if you, if you have that, even in a business, mm-hmm. you don't, you know, you can let ego get in the way and not be excited about that. Totally. You, you've experienced that at a previous company and they know like the, the founder kept everything kind of wrapped in, right? Like he, he was worried that people would pass them up and it really stifles the company. Yeah. Now there's always somebody smarter and better at something than you. I mean, let's, Unless you're lucky enough to be the world's best at something, there's always somebody smarter that if if you could go find them and bring them in and nurture them, it's going to be better for the company. Mm-hmm. So regardless of your position, so it's like our our ability to go find and recruit those people and bring them in is is our superpower. That's what we'll do. But but yeah, they'll you know I think I've been fired from about 15 jobs at this company because there's always there's definitely people that can do websites and copywriting and all the stuff that I had to do and analytics. You got Mike doing it. it's like yeah. it's funny. It's kind of interesting that you bring this up because we need to have a conversation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, <laughs> there's definitely somebody better at being president out there. So we'll, we'll just figure you know we'll go until we place that. But I I'd be so happy. It's like hey, come in run this company we'll i'll find something else to do i've been calling calling myself a uh, reluctant tech company founder because <laughs> I've, I've never wanted a tech company yeah. <laughs> or a marketing agency <laughs> there's so many problems to solve we're gonna we'll get people to solve the current ones and we'll go find new ones yeah that's, that's what's fun about this cool well, i think that's an internal podcast huh All right, everybody. Well, thanks for stopping by. Thanks to Dallas for those internal questions. If you guys have more questions, send them to alex at buildwit.com. And we'll see you guys on the next episode.